AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. That's right. Download the KDOS 1060 app, whether you're an Apple or Android user. Get yourself registered. Now through the end of January, a pretty sweet listener contest taking place. You could win sixth row hoops tickets, downtown Phoenix food and drink included. Make sure you download the KDOS 1060 app today. Register and follow along with the listener uh, rewards for you. It is the Extra Point on this Thursday, January 18th edition. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. We'll have phone calls today around 1130 and 1215. As always, the number 602-260-1060 if you'd like to chime in. Some coaching news, maybe not 100% what we were expecting. We'll dive into that here uh, shortly. In addition to that, I thought it would be interesting to look at the teams that are remaining in the playoffs, the divisional round upcoming, and we always talk about the big-time uh, positions that command the most money. Everybody covets these positions, quarterback, left tackle, pass rushing. I'm kind of a, lumping that into a group wide receiver play, lumping that into a group, dissecting each team and their positions. So we'll do that. And I also promised uh, taking a dive into the rookie class of 2023 and their production on the field. Aaron Schatz of ESPN.com, the person that inspired that. So we'll do all of that in today's program. But let's set the scene here with today's uh, poll questions, and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Bob had a conversation talking all things Houston Texans with Matt Musel, uh, KHOU11 in Houston. If you missed it, podcast the interview over at KDOS1060.com. But the question here, who do you have Saturday at Baltimore? Texans plus nine and a half or Ravens minus nine and a half? And the masses, they're sitting on the Texan side of things at 70% of the vote. Ravens trailing at 30%. They played before this year, but that was in week one on September the 10th. Uh, the Ravens won that game 25-9. to That was C.J. Stroud's debut, obviously, as a rookie quarterback. He got sacked five times, lost a fumble on one of those sacks. Also in that game, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, remember him? Uh, he was uh, the lead ball carrier at that point. Uh, for the Ravens, and he scored the first touchdown of the season for the Ravens in that game. And then shortly thereafter, in that game, uh, Torrey's Achilles had missed the rest of the season. So bottom line, a whole lot has changed since that September 10th game in Baltimore. That's absolutely true. Uh, we will officially answer our question or the question to this uh, around 1230. So plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. He was officially introduced yesterday. The Patriots new head coach Gerard Mayo. Should the Patriots at least have interviewed Mike Vrabel before promoting Gerard Mayo? Uh, the masses are in a 50-50 split here. 
Oh, okay, that's a good start. It's always, you know, 50 is not a bad thing as far as a poll question goes most of the time. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's where we stand right now. Um, yeah, you can you know, refresh my memory here. I know Vrabel, we, we talked about this last week, but you know, it was a long time ago, and sometimes I don't remember what happened five minutes ago, let alone last week. Uh, yeah, I know he was there for that was, during the bye week for the Texans. Was, was that some kind of you know, ceremony in, in, in New England or whatever? Uh, so he was uh, in the Kraft's box. So you know, I don't know if that was uh, uh, if they had an unofficial discussion about would, would you like to be the head coach here someday uh, or not. But uh, maybe they did have an interview. Uh, yeah, he was there on the Titans bye week. He was being inducted into the uh, Patriots ring of honor. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting as a linebacker, he did have some offensive plays, uh, the <laughs> big man touchdowns, right? That became a thing. Every yeah. single catch he's had in the NFL is a touchdown. Pretty good. And, you know, they ran a lot of these tricky plays when he was with uh, the head coach of the Texans, including uh, Derek Henry. Another thing is, you know, Derrick Henry has an incredibly high passing percentage with a lot of touchdowns per pass attempt uh, in his career in Tennessee with Rabel as the head coach. Absolutely. So we'll officially answer that question as well around 1230. Plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Any of this you would like to chime in, feel free to do so. Phone calls today, 1130 and 1215-602-260-1060. Maybe a bit of a surprise yesterday afternoon from Dallas. Uh, It became known that Mike McCarthy is staying in Dallas as the Cowboys head coach. An official statement from Jerry Jones. It was a lengthy statement, but in part, he says, quote, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals. And the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. This is great. There is great benefit to continuing the team's progress under Mike's leadership as our head coach. Head coach specifically there are many layers of success that have occurred this season as a result of Mike's approach to leading the team both with individual players and with our team collectively I don't understand why this is a surprise um yeah for a couple of reasons one Jerry Jones stayed with Jason Garrett for 100 years uh when it was much more obvious he needed to make a coaching change then than he does does now uh secondly uh, we went all the way into Wednesday uh, before there was, you know, if they were going to make a change, it seems like it would have been much easier to, if they were going to do that. Wouldn't they have done that on Monday or Tuesday or, you know, sooner than making the announcement yesterday? So I just don't understand what they, I think a lot of it is the media doesn't like Mike McCarthy. The media likes to bash Mike McCarthy. I think the media wants Mike McCarthy out. Uh, and uh, I think that also played a role in the supposed surprise factor. But if you actually just look at the history of Jerry and what McCarthy has done in uh, Dallas, I don't think there's any reason that he should have been fired. Do you think that maybe Jerry Jones uh, has this reputation a bit of um – you know, being aggressive and uh, progressive, if you will. But when it actually comes down to moves that he makes, you mentioned it. He stayed with Jason Garrett for all those years. He really isn't uh, going to make any sort of radical move. Not anymore. Yeah, I think this all goes back to you know his parting of the ways with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, and you know, they didn't even reconcile really officially until you know we just saw that in the last month or so when they finally inducted Jimmy into the Ring of Honor in, in Dallas. 
and so forth. You know, they 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 patch things up off the record or you know aside from the public. Uh, you know, public perception or, you know, when we've actually seen them together and things like that. But, you know, that obviously ended horribly. Uh, you know, Jerry really tried to, you know, there was a, you know, there was some kind of tug of war going on at that point. That's when Jerry was still a very, uh, you know, early owner, uh, the early part of his ownership in, in Dallas, obviously, with uh, first hiring Jimmy and the you know, first hiring, you know, basically firing Tom Landry, like the day he got the job or the day that he took the job to own to, I should rephrase all this, the day that he bought the team, he tried to say. Uh, so I think there was so much backlash from that. And obviously, uh, you know, I know they won a championship the next year with Barry Switzer, but that was just kind of a coincidence because I don't think anybody ever thought that Barry Switzer was an NFL coach, even when he was in the NFL. Uh, so I think that there's had to be, some kind of residual effect all these years later still uh, that, uh, you know, Jerry is just you know, trying to, you know, I learned my lesson or whatever. Uh, so I think that's been the biggest reason he's been certainly reluctant, I guess would be the right word, uh, to make some uh, changes in not just coaching, but some other areas when it seemed like everybody was in concert that there should be a change. In this case, I don't think there should be a change, but uh, that's uh, apparently me only. Uh, I don't know if anybody else in America other than Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones believe that Mike McCarthy should still be the Cowboys head coach. I come with some stats here. Uh, Mike McCarthy, he's 125-77-2 when he was with Green Bay from 2006 to 2018. He's 42-25 and with the Cowboys from 2020 to 2023, including three straight 12-5 and seasons. Uh, so that is a really impressive regular season record with both of those teams. In the postseason, 10-8 and with Green Bay with one Super Bowl in 2010. They lost three championship games, lost three divisional games. One in three with the Cowboys lost two wild cards and one divisional round so that's the postseason versus regular season but okay, I think time out time out right there um you know the, the Green Bay situation I only thought they really you know after they obviously won the Super Bowl that one year I didn't think there were too many years other than the game in Seattle when it was just a complete meltdown and the special teams area and you know, that's his responsibility it's the head coach's responsibility there but other than that, I didn't really think any of those other postseason losses were on the head coach or just a complete you know, a, a disaster. Um, and I didn't think that the last couple of years when the Cowboys have lost to the, to, you know, to the uh, 49ers, even the game and they lost in Dallas, I had San Francisco to win both of those games, and I was really strong on San Francisco in both of those games. So to me, those things weren't a disaster. Sunday was a disaster. But to me, the biggest disaster in that game was Dan Quinn in the defense, who, for whatever reason, after playing man-to-man defense pretty much the entire season, went with a too-high safety look and all played almost all zone. They like conceded that we're not going to stop these guys. Or, you know, we're, like, we're going to have a tough time slowing them down. And to me, that was the biggest joke of that whole game. 
Uh, I, I think as well, to your point about Mike McCarthy here and specifically dissecting this season, there is no doubt that offensively this team took a step in the right direction. It was Dak's best statistical season. He finished third in passing yards with 4,516, first in touchdowns with 36, top five with just nine interceptions on the season. So limiting those turnovers after last year, 15 interceptions and he missed five games uh, leading the league with interceptions tony pollard was 12th in yards with 1005 six touchdowns i don't know that mike mccarthy has much say in you know who is going to be the running back in that type of situation so he found a way to utilize tony pollard uh in the offense this season cd lamb a breakout year for him second in yards with 1000 749 the cowboys were fifth in yards per game with 371.6 first in points with 29.9 points so that kind of backs up how the offense really seemed to take a step in the right direction and uh the defense uh kind of started to let things down there especially in sunday's loss well, I think against the run the last two years, they've been bad. And there's two, th- I think the Cowboys' biggest problems right now are A, they've got to figure out somehow, or maybe this can't be figured out, uh, whether Dak is, a, why is he a deer in the headlights in the postseason? Because uh, this is, we've seen that now multiple times. And while I think they lost to you know, superior opponents the last couple years, that was certainly not the case on Sunday. And he was bad again in the postseason. So that's problem number one. I think the bigger problem for Dallas is kind of a combination of maybe more than one thing. But, you know, they've been almost every big loss they've had in the last two or three years uh, have been uh, the biggest reason to me is they've been dominated at the line of scrimmage. They're supposed to have this stud offensive line, which was a stud offensive line in past years. It was not that good or as good this year. They had a bunch of dudes in and out of the lineup because of injury and illness. I'm sure that played a role. But even when they were all uh, intact and supposedly healthy, that group wasn't good. The other thing is the defense is not big, not physical or large. They need to have the lead to not just Micah Parsons, who obviously I think is the most overrated player in the NFL, and I've said that for three years running, not just him, but you know, they did, They have to have – they excel when they have the lead and they can just basically beeline it to the quarterback and try to make you – know, use their speed to make plays. If they fall behind and the opponent is able to run the ball, like the Cardinals did here when they beat the Cowboys early in the season – like the uh, the Packers did on Sunday after they got the lead. It was the Aaron Jones show. Uh, those things continually happen. Obviously, it happened last year in the playoffs, but you know that was San Francisco's offensive line and Christian McCaffrey going to town. Uh, so those are constants, I think, that happen in almost every Cowboys loss as they just get bullied at the line of scrimmage, and that has to change no matter who the head coach is. It does seem like it's going to be all or nothing for 2024 because at least as it is right now, no contract extension for McCarthy. So he will be coaching the final year of his deal. Then there's also Dak Prescott. There's still plenty of time for them to work something out in the offseason. But as it is now, he is entering the final year of his deal. 
Uh, Dan Quinn pointing out everything about the defense there. He has had interviews or is supposed to interview with the Panthers, Commanders, Titans, Chargers, and Seahawks. Let's just say Dan Campbell or Dan Quinn does take one of these jobs. Uh, you know, where do they go for defensive coordinator? Is there an internal candidate that stands out, or are they going to be looking elsewhere uh, for some defensive help? Uh, I don't know of an internal candidate. Maybe there is one. I don't know who it is. That's my, you know, I'm just not that familiar with their overall defensive coaching staff because about the only guy I really ever hear about is Dan Quinn. Uh, so there is that. Even if Dan Quinn didn't get a job somewhere else this offseason, I would seriously consider you know, replacing him. I, as I just mentioned, he did an atrocious job. That was malpractice from a defensive coordinator of how they went about that game. They conceded that game on Sunday defensively before it ever started. They went, again, they went away from everything they had done structurally and scheme-wise in the regular season in that game on Sunday. I, I didn't know what defense I was watching. It's like the first note I made is, what is going on here? Why are they, why are they playing zone? You know, it didn't help that I'm sure Stephon Gilmore was injured to some extent because he was on the injury report with two different things last week. But he played the, maybe the worst game of his career. On Sunday, he was the worst defensive player in the field. I think you can make a case in any playoff game last weekend, and there were six games. So we'll continue to monitor the coaching situation more and more. Um, teams are interviewing candidates. It looks like the Panthers have interviewed offensive coordinator Brian Callahan with the Bengals. The Falcons have interviewed Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. I think I saw somewhere that Bill Belichick is getting a second interview yeah. with the Atlanta yeah. Falcons this upcoming weekend uh, which I assume is just him and Arthur Blank sitting in a room trying to figure out how can this possibly work how much power am I going to give you are you going to have personnel power I'm assuming that's what this whole thing is about and part two apparently is this weekend and who is going to quarterback this team because the quarterback is not on the roster Justin Fields We'll get into the NFL teams that are upcoming in divisional round play, dissecting quarterback, left tackle, pass rushers, and wide receivers. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point on this Thursday, January 18th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. So when we think about structuring an NFL team and where the big-time contracts end up going, oftentimes it lands with the quarterback, the left tackle, pass rushers, and wide receivers. And those kind of seem to be some of those stalwart positions that really uh, pay dividends as you get later on in the season and into the postseason. So as I was uh, falling asleep last night, I was thinking to myself, has that actually come to fruition in the remaining postseason teams? So this morning did a deep dive into all the teams remaining their positions, and I thought we could talk about them. We'll start okay. with... 
Sorry, go ahead. Before you get going, I had problems falling asleep last night personally because I was too fired up after Chicago PD made its <laughs> debut for last year. Last night, last night for the, after the, the, the they hadn't been on since May. Anyway, so there we go. Okay. You were trying to fall asleep and thinking of this. I was just trying to fall asleep. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, I did see uh, your text message. I was already asleep, though, oh, thinking it's... and dreaming about football teams. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was very good. So there you go. That's that's that. Now, between that and watching ASU completely melt down uh, mentally in the second half last night, I was pretty fired up at uh, like 10 o'clock last night. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> no problem. We'll get into ASU U of A in hour number two. Uh, for now, let's start with Saturday's 2.30 uh, p.m. contest on ESPN, and we'll start with the Texans here. And we've done a lot of dissecting of the quarterback position here with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, he's a rookie quarterback. He's been lighting it up in the NFL. Over 4,000 yards passing in the regular season, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, 63.9% completion percentage. Percentage. He obviously keeps the ball out of harm's way. And without a huge run game, it really has landed on him more times than not. One of the things that comes to mind to me when I think about C.J. Stroud is obviously we're talking about limiting turnovers, limiting mistakes, uh, putting the ball in positions for your playmakers to then have run after the catch opportunities, etc., you know, does that all fall into the category that C.J. Stroud is making others better around him? Absolutely, he is. And it, 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 it's different others. You know, they, they basically, you know, have changed running backs. And Devin Singletary, by the way, has been really good. Uh, for the last seven or eight weeks, he's among the leading rushers in the NFL, and that's definitely helped. But, you know, they lost Tank Dell uh, to a season-ending injury several weeks ago. They just recently lost, uh, you know, Noah Brown. Uh, they had to actually put him on IR this week, so he's done for the year. Uh, he's been in now the lineup, and they still have Nico Col- Coleman, obviously, who's just been a tremendous receiver and is, uh, you know, really good at, at you know, go- going down the field. He's a deep guy. Uh, he does more than that. I shouldn't – I'm kind of knocking him. That that's inaccurate by me. Uh, he, he's a, a good route tree guy. I haven't used that term in a while, right? A uh, good route tree guy. Specializes in the deep ball, I think, is safe to say. But And Stroud's great at throwing the deep ball. I think this game on Saturday comes down to whether the offensive line, which has been frequently injured this year for the uh, Texans, whether they can pass protect long enough for Stroud and Coleman to actually take advantage of a, you know, basically a, what might be uh, a rare weakness on the uh, the Ravens' uh, defense. They've given up some big pass plays this year for whatever reason. The left tackle position is Laramie Tunsil. He signed a three-year deal, $60 million guaranteed. He'll be a free agent in 2027. I do believe there was an opt-out in his clause in 2026, though. His pro football focus grade is 73.5. He's tied for eighth in penalties with 10, tied for 23rd yeah. in sacks allowed with five. But according to PFF, in his last two games here, 51 pass-blocking snaps, two pressures allowed, no sacks allowed. Yeah, the full start thing has been a, kind of an issue this year from time to time. But other than that, uh, there's no doubt. I don't, you know, I, it, you know, I, it's really difficult for me to grade or, you know, offensive linemen. I don't watch every snap, uh, the Texans either. But, you know, it seems as if uh, people, and I don't disagree with this from what I've seen, 
Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of people that don't believe he's not one of the best left tackles in the NFL. He also left that game last week with injury, by the way, uh, for a brief period of time against the Browns, but did come back and played the second half. The pass rushers here, Jonathan Grenard, 12 and a half sacks this season. Will Anderson, a rookie, seven sacks this season. As a defensive unit, 46 sacks. I understand pass rushing is more than just sacks. There's pressures and, and uh, you know, getting quarterbacks off their spot, forcing them to throw it quicker than they want to, et cetera. Uh, but that's obviously a young, with Will, Will Anderson being a rookie, young position here that's just getting started. And he's like the pressure king, right? He's got more pressures than sacks, and he's, he's one of the highest pressure rate guys in the NFL. Unfortunately, both these guys have been injured. Uh, they both did not make it through the entire game last week. I think that's in part because they were winning by 100 points against the Browns. But they were not on the field every play, even when that game was competitive. The you know, Andersons have this high ankle sprain thing going on for a while. Grenard is a guy that uh, has been really good. He's uh, in a contract season, and he's going to cash in somewhere. I assume the Texans would like to keep him, and I think they have a pretty good salary cap situation. Just you know, I don't know, you know not that familiar with their roster from top to bottom, salary cap wise, etc. But it also usually helps when you have a rookie quarterback is in his first year and not on a long term deal. I believe they have uh, at least $45 million in cap space for 2024, yeah. according to Over the Cap. So, yeah, you're right, in a good spot. So I would think that he would be one of their top priorities is to re-sign him because he's had a spectacular season. Wide receiver-wise, you touched on Nico Collins with 80 catches, uh, over 1,200 yards receiving. Tank Dell, before he was injured, 47 catches, 709 yards. You also touched on Noah Brown, who unfortunately won't be playing in Saturday's contest, but 33 catches, 567 yards. I didn't include uh, the tight end Dalton Schultz in here, uh, just kept it to mm -hmm. the wide receiver core, but obviously he is a large part of the passing game. Yeah, anytime touchdown. Yeah. Prop from last week that we suggested, and he got that in the first half of that game last week, so I was very happy about that. So very nice. Um, yeah, he's done a really good job there. He was obviously a, a touchdown machine uh, to some extent when he was with Dak in Dallas, and that's kind of turned out to be the same thing here, even though Schultz has missed some time this year because of injury. I also think because of uh, you know Dell's injury, uh, which was an Achilles injury. Uh, then we'll see what's uh, I think. No, I'm sorry. It was an ACL injury, right? He had a leg injury. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to have to draft some wide receivers, uh, you know, just to make sure that, uh, you know, they don't know if he's, I assume they're not 100% sure whether he's going to be anywhere near next year what he was this year. And, you know, the Noah Brown thing, he's been like a special teams guy for the Cowboys for years. I mean, he was a play, he he was a top wide receiver for you know, J T Barrett at Ohio State, which is like it seemed like a half decade. It's like a more than a, it's like that was like from 2012 through like 2016. So it's a long time ago. He was a college star as a wide receiver, uh, and he's a, like I said, been mainly a special teams guy. But he's made some big plays this year. But they're going to need to add the wide receiver position in the draft. 
I think, yeah, in in looking at this and seeing how they're in the playoffs and what they've done, obviously, D'Amico, Ryans, he can coach. You've landed uh, an absolute stud in C.J. Stroud at the quarterback position. You have that left tackle premier player in Laramie Tunsil. You have your pass rushers. So you're right. It comes down to now uh, being able to draft some more wide receivers and uh, really just allow that offense to continue to flourish. And they also have a cornerback, and I would almost put cornerback into this same you know, boat of uh, positions that you're talking about. I know they're not as highly paid, but I think it's just as an important position. And the fact that you know, Stingley Jr. has you know, been on the field more this year, and he's missed some time again because of injury. But yeah, they, he seems like the, he has, he's definitely got a stud cornerback label. And last week, really for the first time this year, uh, he shadowed an opposing wide receiver and pretty much shut down Amari Cooper in that game. Their opponent on Saturday is the Baltimore Ravens. The corner, the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson, five-year contract in the offseason, $185 million guaranteed, and opt-out after 2027, unrestricted free agent in 2028. 16 games played this year, 67.2% completion percentage, 3,678 yards, 24 touchdowns, seven picks, 37 sacks. It's 148 carries for him, 821 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, and 48 first downs. I wanted to compare those numbers to his 2019 MVP season. 15 games that year, 66.1% completion percentage, 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, though. He led the league that season, six interceptions, 23 sacks. And then, of course, he was magnificent on the ground with 176 carries, 1,206 yards, seven touchdowns his career though in the postseason this is where I think we have to see the next level Lamar Jackson 55.9 percent completion percentage 900 yards three touchdowns five picks 19 sacks in four games in his postseason career yep and that's something I've been saying for years I don't care what he does in the regular season uh he's been better this year than he's ever been uh, and uh, we'll get, I'll get into this even more when we get to the, the bottom line, uh, the, the questions and the poll questions today, the, the bottom line for my you know, answer for the uh, who wins this game and do they cover on Saturday. But uh, you know, the playoff history is horrendous. And this organization has never been beyond this round. This is the division round. They've never been beyond this round with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. Stanley. He's obviously great when healthy, but health has been an issue here even this season with a, with a knee injury. Pro football focus, 64.9 grade, tied for eighth in penalties with 10, tied for 36 with four sacks allowed. He has not been anywhere near great this year, even when he's played. Um, yeah, he's uh, been around for a really long time. I mean, also, you can know some you know, the case for him – is uh, I don't think this has changed too much in the last month or so, but I remember when we talked with Luke Jones, our Ravens guy, for many years. Uh, we talked to him in the last month or so, and when we last talked to Luke, uh, he was pointing out that you know, there are numbers out there when he plays, their offense is much better, and when he doesn't play, it obviously has suffered some. But clearly, his level of play at left tackle has uh, diminished. It slid, I think, considerably sometimes. And there are, he just whiffs on blocks. He's just not uh, you know, as fast as he used to be. Like, you know, I, I understand that part. Uh, th- these things happen as you get older. Uh, but you know, he's, uh, he's not the dominant 
this is the best, probably should have said this, I should have just said this first. He is not anywhere near the dominant left tackle he once was. Not even close. Pass rushers. I don't want to mess up his name, but I might. Justin Matabuki leads with 13 sacks. Then, surprisingly, you have Jadavian Clowney here with nine and a half sacks. The unit overall, though, 60 sacks and led the league. And Jadavian Clowney playing against the team that drafted him this week. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, they, they, this is the, I think this is actually certainly the front seven. Uh, this is the best this defense has been during the Lamar Jackson era. So that's uh, like the one big positive or the biggest difference on the uh, really the Ravens period uh, for me heading into this postseason is that front seven is just a bunch of playmakers. They're secondary, uh, not as good as it has been. Um, you know, Kyle Hamilton's terrific when he's healthy, but that's been an issue off and on, and hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the playoffs. But, uh, you know, they've given up some big plays when they have not uh, had, uh, yeah, a pass rush, especially from the front seven. And then when you think about wide receivers with the Ravens, I mean, you pretty much think about Mark Andrews, the tight end position. Uh, but this year it's Zay Flowers, 77 catches, 858 yards, five touchdowns. OBJ, 35 catches, 565 yards, three touchdowns. It's been a mix of the wide receivers getting involved and then the use of Isaiah Likely at tight end with Mark Andrews missing time with an injury. And Andrews might be back this week. He's actually had a full practice yesterday. Uh, you, John Harbaugh was a uh, mum. That's one, not, not one of my favorite words, but he would, wouldn't talk about his availability yesterday, Andrews, for this week. Uh, but I think he's come back a little quicker than they anticipated after the injury that he suffered on the uh, primetime game. I forgot who they were playing, but the primetime game that we all saw the injury and we knew he was going to be out for a really long time. Uh, so that's good. Uh, Flowers has been terrific, and I also think they've done a really intelligent job of managing the snaps from Beckham, who obviously, even early in his heyday, was not exactly a uh, model of health from week to week, let alone later in his career now, where he's, you know, obviously he didn't even play at all last year after he suffered the injury in the Super Bowl with the Rams a couple of seasons ago. But they've done a really good job of just basically, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if they'll ever say this publicly, but they just were kind of saving them for the playoffs. And here we are in the playoffs. I think overall here, the defense has really been um, a bit of a surprise in a pleasant way for the Ravens here. So that unit, pass rushers there, uh, exceeding expectations. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, he had a really nice season with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Now how is he going to elevate into the postseason? And then maybe moving forward, you're going to have to start thinking about addressing that offensive line with some of the injury concerns across the board, really. Uh, and then, as you pointed out, they really really hit on Zay Flowers. They did. They're going to have to address the offensive line for sure. I think they've also got to add some people in the secondary. You know, they've had some hits or misses in free agency. And, uh, you know, a couple of the guys, you know, Humphreys, when he's actually played this year, has not been as good as he has been in the past. But he's been injured for, remember, he started the season on the injured list. And since he's come back, uh, maybe he came back too soon, but he's not been as effective. Let's put it that way.
We got another Saturday contest to get into. We'll do that on the other side of the break. And then, of course, we'll get into Sunday's games as we dissect quarterback, left tackle, pass rushing unit, and wide receiver unit uh, for the remaining divisional teams. We'll do that on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app on this Thursday, January 18th. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude, Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. 1060 get out your kdos 1060 app if you don't have it get out your phone apple and android users download the kdos 1060 app register and get yourself qualified for the chance at six throw hoops tickets downtown phoenix food and drink included pretty sweet deal uh the contest is going on now through the end of January. Continuing on with our topic of conversation, dissecting uh, NFL rosters for the remaining divisional teams and the quote-unquote premier positions that also command the most money. Quarterback, left tackle, pass rushers, wide receiver units and dissecting those units as they are in the divisional round. We just went through uh, the Texans and the Ravens. Let's continue with the Saturday game. The 615 contest on Fox between the Packers and the 49ers and we'll start with the Packers here quarterback Jordan Love this year 64.2% completion percentage 4,159 yards 32 touchdowns 11 picks 30 sacks but the impressive thing for him it's only been one interception since November 19th uh, he's seemingly really growing into his own as the season has gone along and particularly against pressure the Cowboys put on him in last week's wild card round he was 5 of 7 152 yards and two touchdowns 21 touchdowns and one interception in the last 9 games is that good it's pretty uh, darn good yeah, he's uh, done an amazing job ever since uh, we had the poll question of whether you think he's the uh, franchise quarterback of the future in Green Bay. He's been spectacular. I'm sure he used that as motivation. I'm sure that somebody told him that. Just kidding, folks. I'd like to think that, but I'm sure that's not the case. Uh, but uh, he's been unbelievably good. Uh, you know, the one thing that I saw a breakdown of the, was Orlowski, uh either yesterday or this morning on ESPN. Uh, there are a few concerns about mechanics here. He throws a lot of balls off his back foot and so forth, and he got he's gotten away with that. Obviously, to the 2-21-1 to 21 and one as far as TD's interceptions the last nine games. But if they if when they get eliminated, because I'm assuming they're just not going to win the Super Bowl, uh, but when they get eliminated, I'm guessing that that might uh, turn on the wrong side at, uh, at some point. That might be one of the reasons that their season ends. 
The left tackle position, you know, for years it was David Bakhtiari, uh, but he was dealing with just injuries that really limited his play, sometimes not even playing at all on IR for the whole season or one game or just even a quarter before he was unable to continue. So this year it turned over to Rashid Walker, 66.4 pro football focus grade, tied for 11th with nine penalties, tied for 15th with six sacks allowed. But in the game against the Cowboys, it was 21 pass-blocking snaps for him no sacks no pressures and he's been so good that you know Bakhtiari there's no talk about him even possibly returning next season everybody seems to think that he'll be the left tackle of the New York Jets uh, next season not joking about that that's uh, more than a popular rumor that seems to be almost like a foregone conclusion assuming he's healthy at that point uh, but uh, we'll see what's happening but Walker's done a tremendous job and as I've mentioned a few times here in recent weeks, the Packers offensive staff, and this Lafleur's obviously done a really good job, needless to say, about the, everything, including calling plays, but the entire staff has to be responsible for the improvement of this offensive line, which has gone from suspect to really good in the last half of the season. The pass rushing unit here, uh, Kingsley Engabore likely tore his ACL. So I saw earlier this week they're bringing in guys to work out at the linebacker position. In 17 games for him, it was two sacks. As a unit, 45 total sacks. Yeah, they've got – this is kind of an issue that uh, it's been, I think it's safe to say, inconsistent. Uh, I think the whole defense has been inconsistent, and I would even say inconsistent at best. Uh, even towards the end of the season uh, when they were winning games, winning most of their games, but when they lost a couple of games, including the game in Lambeau, when basically Baker Mayfield just picked them to shreds, uh, partly because there was no pass rush. Uh, this, uh, there, there's a whole lot about this defense, including Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, that uh, could be also, other places next year. And finally here, the wide receiver position. We had talked about it heading into the wild card round about the Packers team in general being the youngest team in the league and then specifically pointing out the youth at the wide receiver position. Jaden Reed, 64 catches, 793 yards, eight touchdowns on the season. Romeo Dobbs, 59 catches, 674 yards, eight touchdowns. He was the highest wide receiver uh, graded, according to Pro Football Focus, in all the wild card games. And Watson, who obviously he missed the last five regular season games, he's considered to be the main the main guy there. Yep. Uh, who had a kind of a breakout uh, into the second half into the season in 2022, he was tremendous. Uh, and then he's been injured much of this season. He played last week too. He was back, and uh, you know once again, coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for this with all these young players, and they have difference makers. Uh, there's no question about that, and. Uh, yeah, they have uh they've been spectacular and uh yeah, Love's done a really good job getting them the ball and yeah, they've got two tight ends that are young and have really contributed also and uh this is the youngest roster in the playoffs and uh the receivers are by far the youngest group of uh you know the wide receiver groom as they say, I guess. Uh that's uh, it's not even I don't even know who would be second as far as the second youngest wide receiver unit in the NFL, let alone the playoffs.
you mentioned it here that when we had that poll question about is Jordan Love the quarterback of the future, well, they may have identified that he is the quarterback of the future. You talked about Rasheed Walker solidifying that left tackle spot here. So now it's just continuing to improve that defensive unit and seeing the connection with Love and the young wide receivers blossom. Yeah, also, I'm, I think that you never have enough running backs in this league. And, you know, it's, you know, it's obviously as good as Aaron Jones is, and he was, he's had four consecutive 100-yard rushing games now, but he's been injured most of the season. Uh, he's not a young dude. I don't trust, you know, some of their backups at all, quite frankly. So I would not be surprised if early in the draft next year they address the running back position. We will get to the uh, competitor of the Packers. That would be the 49ers. We'll dissect quarterback, left tackle, pass rushers, wide receiver with their group on the other side of the break. It is the extra point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. Wrapping up our number one of the Extra Point on this Thursday, January 18th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, continuing the theme of dissecting the divisional teams in the NFL and the quote-unquote premier positions that command uh, the most dollars around the league, quarterback, left tackle, uh, pass rushing unit and wide receiving unit. And we just went through the uh, Saturday afternoon evening game, I should say, night game, uh, 615 contest here with the uh, Green Bay Packers. And so now we're going to go with their counterpart in the 49ers and talk about the quarterback, Brock Purdy. 69.4% completion percentage, 4,280 yards, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks, 28 sacks this season. I mean, for the most part, incredibly consistent. We've talked about it and just how he the ball placement is there, allowing opportunities for run after the catch, but certainly maybe a little concerned that Christmas Day uh, night game against the Ravens where he had four picks and no no touchdowns. I don't care about that game. I mean, you know, I'm not going to let one game cancel out the uh, year and a half of really good games. And I keep hearing that he's a product of the system. And the system is great. And they have, you know, many receivers and, you know, running backs and a tight end that can, you know, catch the ball and make plays after they catch the ball and, so forth, no doubt about that. Uh, Shanahan, obviously, an excellent play caller. But you know, it's amazing how much better this offense is now than it was when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback for all those years. And uh, yeah, Purdy is the reason why. Left tackle, Trent Williams signed a six-year contract, opt-out upcoming, but he said he plans to return to the NFL next season for what would be his 14th season. 89.7 pro football focus grade, tied for 11th with nine penalties, zero sacks allowed, and boy, when he was here with the 49ers, uh, just seeing him in the huddle, he is so massive. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I think we talked about that, right, during the game. This dude is 
Yeah, you know, I've been around big guys my whole life. Either and you know, I went to high school. My best friend in high school was seven a seven footer. Uh, played basketball. Uh, so yeah, I've been around and then obviously covering you know sports uh, my whole life for the most part. I'm used to seeing big dudes, and he's enormous. I remember the I remember the first time I ever saw Yao Ming. Uh, when I was, you know, at the Suns game one night, and I actually walked right out of the tunnel right when Yao Ming was walking out. I remember thinking, oh, my God, this guy's huge. Uh, first time I ever saw him, you know, in person. And I, that, that's the first thing I thought of when we you know, were talking about Trent Williams that game against when they were playing the Cardinals here like a couple months ago. But obviously, uh, he's been very good at the left tackle position for quite some time. We saw what happened when he missed time with the 49ers this season. Him coming back and just uh, really sets up what they want to do offensively. He might be better right now than he's ever been. Pass rushers, Nick Bosa. Big contract in the offseason, a little bit of a slow start. 49ers fans were panicking. Ten and a half sacks, though. Javon Hargrave, seven sacks as a unit. 48 sacks and Bosa is another one of those guys that's one of the top pressure guys in the league uh and if I I think I just I just saw heard this in like the last 10 minutes here during a break uh when I had the uh, sound on the NFL network I think they said he's had a sack per game in the postseason in his career I think they said that I know he's had a bunch the wide receiver unit, Brandon Ayuk, 75 catches, 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns this season. Debo Samuel, 60 catches, 892 yards, seven touchdowns. What they can do, run after the catch, is incredibly special. You throw in tight end George Kittle. You throw in uh, running back Christian McCaffrey. They have special playmakers at that position. No doubt. We're up against it. Absolutely. (laughs) And so we will continue this conversation with Sunday's slate of games to get our number two of the extra points started next.